0: So that's it's gone. (laughs) The recording is gone. (laughs)
1: Oh god, look at your face. It's gone.
0: I I can't save it. I tried looking through like the zoom
1: files. It's gone. The file's gone. Okay. Okay. Um, I might have to go say bye to Allie because mm-hmm. if we do another hour and a half or so um, she'll probably leave.
0: What time is she supposed to leave at?
1: Um, I don't know whenever honestly she's not staying over though so okay. I'll just go up and say bye for like five minutes.
0: Yeah I can pause when that happens okay. but the whole plan well, was this episode would not be long I was like it'd be nice if this was like a 45 minute you know
1: we could still do that we could still do that um give me five minutes so i'll be back
0: okay sounds good i'll see you in two seconds
1: okay (laughs) hello friends again Oh my god, you guys don't even know. You don't even know. It's Caitlin and Shanika
0: from Get Checkered. Uh, Get Checkered is part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown and community supported. Today, we get to give a shout out to a podcast on our network, and we are going to highlight the incredible and amazing team over at Mess Hall Podcast. You can join Avery and Lena, Cochran, and sometimes their guests. We were actually one of their guests as they sample, rate, and talk about fun foods. Y'all, this is our second time recording this.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were super surprised and like did well with the first recording and then we we lost it. So yeah, we were hit with a
0: insufficient drive space on Zoom and I was like, oh, that's fine. Like we should still have the file though up until that point. No, can't find the file anywhere. So... <laughs>
1: You're going to get our hot second takes on all the headlines Headlines this week. (laughs) Yeah, so we are
0: covering the spiciest F1 headlines this week, including uh, stuff about the Miami Grand Prix potentially being um, canceled, question mark, maybe, not really, I don't know. Uh, A ton of stuff tied to the one who shall not be named, Mm -hmm. Haas and Ural Cali. Uh, as well as the this is more of like a fun thing but the driver's kind of roasting Aston Martin's uh, safety car (laughs) and Brad Pitt's F1 movie Uh, it's more so for Caitlin and I to dream up you know what we'd like to see the film be about but uh, Caitlin has a (laughs) an assistant for the second recording of this hi Clover she's
1: awake now look at her oh She's, so cute. Why she's, cute. Cute. she's like this just like on my belly when I have the laptop here and so when I'm trying to do papers she won't let me finish a paper and I'm like you're too cute to move she mm-hmm. is so
0: so so sweet yeah <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit that
1: out oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> we're human we sleep. we are um but- First off, I mean, like we've talked about this already, but we have to fill everyone in now. Shani, how's your week been?
0: Oh, thank you so <laughs> much. Uh, well, it's a long weekend for us and I am off in BC, hi- hiding out in Wassa for the weekend. Um, Doing a whole lot of nothing, you know, hanging out with my partner and family and, uh just enjoying some it's kind of cold here to be honest it's like not the warm wasa weather we're used to but that's kind of uh his cousin had a dog here yesterday so it was nice to hang out with a puppy named timber um and i will be re- working remotely tomorrow so we'll enough. head back into the city and just as i left calgary um you actually came back home
1: <laughs> i'm hearing because not but then I, I'm not going to be in Calgary as of tonight. <laughs> I'm flying out to see Father, so I'll be up there for the next week. Up in the middle of nowhere, you guys, but it's peaceful. It's nice up there. Um, and then you tell I, people: Have we even shared where you were actually born? Um, sure. Okay. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. I was born in a small town called Inuvik, Northwest Territories um it's the regional center actually up there so it's a pretty important place but three thousand people um it's actually when you look at a map you think it's pretty close to the Arctic Ocean but there's quite a few miles between us and the ocean but it's on the Mackenzie Delta it's beautiful up there Mm -hmm. um Shanika's come up actually so we took Shanika to the camp one summer um and you got to see what the middle of nowhere is truly like um yeah (laughs) really middle of nowhere like you can go for walks in the mountains on paths that like there would probably probably actually have been no one to ever walk that exact path before right so it's kind of fun special so going up for easter and then staying a few days i think weather's going to be very good that's good minus three or four which is wild (laughs) for the north but it's going to be sunny and not that cold. Lots of snow. It's kind of perfect. And
0: you get to be away from Wi-Fi except that one cabin.
1: <laughs> Truly. Really. Yeah, no Wi-Fi except I have to finish two papers for school still. One <laughs> one I think is going to get submitted by someone else. I have to get the second paper to Nicole um, when I'm up at the cabin. So I'll hotspot my phone. We have cell service. Yeah. Just not Wi Fi. So, might have to do a bit of hotspot. That's fine.
0: it's fine. You got to enjoy a little bit of a break.
1: Right? Let's see if we can put the, actually, no, the race, Imola. Yeah. I'll have to be back in town that day because I leave, I think, at like 10 in the morning. So, might watch it in Anubic. We'll see. But, uh-huh. okay, bye, Clover. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm going to be back in Calgary following Sunday and then can see Shanka in person finally for the first time in a month. <laughs> I know we'll be
0: reunited for a little bit of time before then you head off to Portugal, right?
1: Truly. Yep. This is my break between first semester and second semester. So, you guys are making the most out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. You gotta travel. You're going to what they
1: ended up doing is um, we have like a workshop. And there's actually a few events going on in this month we have off between semesters, but we didn't really know about them in time before people started making plans. So people were like pretty vocal. Um, me not being vocal, but like listening and agreeing with what they were saying that mm-hmm. like all these events going on for our course that you didn't tell us about in time, so we all made plans. Yeah. So none of you were there. Was frustrating. So yeah. I'm driving out to Vancouver for May third. Yeah. In Calgary um so I can make this workshop before and it's going to take me to May 6th and I take my flight to Portugal the night of May 6th like it's just it makes it unnecessarily busy <laughs> I had it planned out it was fine and now it's going to be busy like that whatever I can make work <laughs> um but also you guys something shaka hasn't said on this recording yet is she was skiing <laughs> at lake louise on friday and i'm very I proud
0: did i did go skiing at lake louise you have all been following the journey of me trying to figure out how to ski and uh so this is my first f- fourth time ever but first time down a mountain and uh it went it went uh first of all got off the ski left completely fine which was like the chairlift sorry that was like the one thing I was really scared about because I'd only done it once and okay, only so at COP but only one time so I was like oh god um but <laughs> did that and I was like yes oh, I girl. did it feeling confident and the first little bit wasn't too steep for it's called Y waxy I think is what it's called Y-Wax-y. the yeah. green Yep. Yeah. so the first like third or so I was like okay you know I think I can do this and then there was like this Little hill, which when I was going down it, I was like, this is a very big hill. <laughs> but within those sixty feet, I fell four times. Um and just because I was so petrified, and then after that I was fine for the rest of the run, rest of the um hill. But skiing is very much a mental game. Like once you're scared, it's like, oh god, okay. you have to just like psych yourself up again and for that final third i was like you know what i'm gonna fall anyway so like fuck it and then i didn't fall the whole time so
1: it's like when you're afraid it affects your posture and it'll knock you off balance so much easier
0: yeah that's a thing so for those who don't ski um when you're afraid you're probably going to end up like sitting in your skis so like have your body backwards (laughs) because you're like Oh, I'm gonna fall. So typically, you wanna fall on your ass. Like, you don't, you just don't think to lean forward, right? But um, for skiing, what I've learned is that leaning forward is uh, what you need to be doing. different. Right. To... Yeah. When you're scared, though, it just doesn't happen like
1: that. So <laughs> I'm proud of you for making it down, though. It's always fun the first day in the mountains. And now you're hooked. Now you're Am hooked. I hooked, though? I'm definitely like, gonna be. We're gonna make you hooked. We got this is the beginning this is end of the season 2022 yeah. 2023 season girl you coming with us everywhere we're going to do ski trips it's going to be fun
0: yeah I think that's the thing so um in our first recording I mentioned this might as well mention it again is I picked up skiing kind of later on in the season right so lessons were in March and then right now which is April so it's like quite icy um but everyone I talked to is like oh yeah like you just had some really icy skiing, but like when it snows a lot, it's just the snow's so great. I'm like, I don't even know what that's like. Cause I learned on ice and then the first day down a mountain, it was um quite icy as well because it's just getting warmer out here. But I do think if you were at Lake Louise this weekend and you were skiing like <laughs> the adult ones, like black diamonds and stuff, uh, I think the higher up the mountain you went, like the better the snow was because it was mm-hmm. still snowing and stuff. So um yeah, you probably didn't have the experience I had.
1: <laughs> I usually, tbh, at Louise, I stay clear of the front side because it's usually a lot icier than the other back side So I don't even. Do, I only do the front run to go down to lunch and for end of the day. So then, how do you like? Where do you what? <laughs> you just go up and over to the backside, and then there's the adjacent mountain. You go up. Mm. Uh, Some pretty good snow too. So. That's how I treat Louise because that friend side gets wicked icy because is what everyone goes down.
0: Yeah. And there's nothing that hurts your ego more than seeing some kid
1: just like <laughs> vomit down that <laughs> hill. They do not fall as far. Okay. So they also have no fear.
0: Yeah, they have no fear. And they just bring back up when they do fall. And I'm like, oh I'm my so gosh.
1: I'm like, damn, damn, like how good are you going to be when you grow up? Little shredder. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And the fact that they just get back up, I'm like, oh my god! I was throwing full adult temper tantrums, but every single time I fell, I was like, can I just like slide with my feet down? And he was like, no. I was like, can I slide on my butt? He's like, no. So, I um was
1: a bit of a handful, and yeah, made you know it. That coming down, um, right before the lodge, so my great aunt Lita, she's 97 right now. Um, they came to Calgary in 1944, and she tells me the story of when. The first time she went to Lake Louise to ski, she went with some friends, and um, she I guess they separated and stuff, and she was the last one to come down, and they were at the lodge, just, like, looking out this front run, and they see this crazy lady coming down, like, sitting on her skis, and, like, honestly just bombing it down straight, and they're like, who is that, and it was my great aunt, because she just, she- (laughs) Got that? Like she bent down and she didn't get back. She didn't get back up and just screamed her way down the hill. So I'm like, that's very impressive. Back when, like, I can't even imagine probably how cheap it was to ski those days. But nowadays, it being over a hundred dollars is it is
0: ridiculous. Like I was so for we went for a half day, which was good actually, um, in terms of like life tolerance. But I was like, holy crap! Like this is very it's a hundred dollars that's fine but then you know the rentals were actually pretty inexpensive too but if you went on any other day it's like over a hundred dollars you have to drive out there um and then of course I do understand why people drink also afterwards and or during because we got a beer after and I was like oh yeah it's because you almost die like the whole time <laughs> like you think- No. no not necessarily you need to
1: like calm your nerves a little bit <laughs> oh goodness so the thing is did you really learn if you're not falling it, that that stays with you even when you're skied a few more seasons
0: yeah that's what um my instructor said at clp he's like you're not trying you're not falling i'm like okay hmm
1: some um, days you don't want to try though and you want to stay upright and that, that's fair. That's yeah, cool. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to fall.
0: And then there's some days that you ski really well, you know? Yep. I'm pretty yep. sure that I did an episode talking about like my second lesson day of skiing where I was like such a badass and doing so oh, well. Yeah. And then the next day I fell a lot. So it's like, that's just
1: inconsistent.
0: <laughs> it happens, it
1: happens. But I am very proud of you and I'm happy you got out to the mountains.
0: Thank you. Yeah, we'll see if we... I don't know it it's just so it's hard to tell if we can go one more time before the season's up i hope so i, I hope think so.
1: so. things are open late right now yeah so hopefully it's slushy which slush is easier than ice so yeah be- slush would be easier and the ice is painful when you fall mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. agreed anyways we need to get into our headlines <laughs> So, but before we do that, I'm going to do a quick ad break for everyone. So this episode of Get Checkered is brought to you by ATB. So are you looking for a way to give back? ATB Cares makes it easy for all Albertans to support the causes they care about. Donate to your favorite charity through ATB Cares and ATB will match 20% of every dollar donated to eligible Albertan charities. To learn more and donate, visit atbcares.com. So, the
0: first headline is tied to the Miami Grand Prix. And um, please just enjoy how dramatic this headline is. Uh, you'll know why it's dramatic after I
1: tell you what it is. For the capitalized word, you have to make it as dramatic as, as possible. Yeah. So
0: Miami Grand Prix is at risk of being canceled as residents file last-ditch lawsuit to block Formula One heading to Florida over noise pollution complaints with the race just three weeks away. And this is from the Daily Mail, which I will say is a full-on gossip rag. that, okay, this is like a total tangent, but there's that one girl that they always post on their Snapchat stories. Daily Mail.
1: Oh, you watch the Snapchat stories. I
0: used to, and I was just like, why is it? Why are they just constantly posting this girl? Because I don't know who she is. Like, she's not famous, but I think she like pays them to follow her around. I'm sorry, me being dramatic, but.
1: Okay. Anyways,
0: we know that the Daily Mail is a gossip rag, but all of this uh, is was also in like Motorsport.com, so we know it's like a little bit more legitimate. But this is what you need to know. Um, the. Residents are filing a lawsuit against Formula One, and with this really tight timeline, the judge, Alan Fine, has said that he's frustrated having to hear the case on such a tight schedule, but he will make a ruling um, whether to dismiss the case as soon as tomorrow, so when this episode is out, or actually when most of you listen to this episode, which is Monday mornings. Um, the lawsuit contained an estimate from an engineering firm, which predicted that the race would produce up to 97 decibels at homes within a 2.5 mile radius, which can be compared to, comparable to a chainsaw. The law states that noise levels should not unreasonably <laughs> disturb the peace and comfort of adjacent residences, but does not provide specific mm-hmm. measurements.
1: Hmm. okay so <laughs> hot takes hearing this for the second time today <laughs> um oh I'm sorry and I think it all comes down to like what was the timeline and like um we know that they've the race is three years away and they're just filing it now when did this engineering firm do this assessment and were they hired by the residents to do the assessment or was this the engineering firm that like residents are just getting a hand on the documents now somehow um, of the noise documents that were during the project planning phase, which would have happened quite a while ago. So I, I don't know where that comes in. Like if it was the residents that hired this engineering firm to do the assessment, yeah. I'd be interested to know how that compares with what Formula One would have assessed because they would have had to. Knowing Formula One, you guys know as it was, they would have had to do a noise assessment. And the fact that law doesn't have a defined number is very interesting. (laughs) I've worked with a bit of noise stuff in Alberta and Ontario before. Um, Got on my hands just a little bit into that. And there's guidelines of like a certain decibel level um, from industrial sites of different scales and like um, where the people are. And like you have to keep, like you have to make reasonable mitigation efforts. Um, for those people if you're planning the project and it exceeds those guidelines okay now knowing that and but we don't have guideline numbers I guess here in Miami which is quite odd (laughs) and they're saying just like unreasonably disturb that can be interpreted so many different ways (laughs) I almost feel like if I was a judge and I heard this and I'd be like three weeks away um unreasonably disturb, but it's an international event and Like, it's not a full 24-hour thing that this is happening. It's only for certain hours, Friday, Mm -hmm. Saturday, Sunday. Um, Unreasonably disturbed? No, because there's other events that have gone on in Miami, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and, uh, like, a chainsaw, yes, it's obviously annoying. I think about, like, families with dogs, families with small kids. Like, that's Mm -hmm. probably not the best thing. Um, But it's still, like, the loudest it'll be is a chainsaw. So it's like, ah. I don't know. And um, I I don't get the purpose of this, to be honest, because you're right. It is an international event that has like tens of millions of dollars that like Miami paid to host the race, let alone like what they're going to bring in tourism. Right. Because as we know, um, through the Panini, the pandemic, Miami has just been fully open, like all of Florida. So Mm -hmm. they don't have any restrictions, which means that this is still going to be like a giant tourist push too so I yeah I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen <laughs>
1: the city of Miami wouldn't have approved something if it didn't pass its own bylaws right True, Right? they would have needed all this information if they were doing due diligence which you can reasonably assume they did <laughs> so I don't know it, it, the, the second time hearing this the more I'm kind of like with the judge being like why are you bringing this up right now <laughs> And because why are you he giving wants, him? He yeah. And
0: why are you giving him literally, you know, until Monday for the, to see if the case can be dismissed, but it, it's just such a tight timeline, right? Like they're racing in Miami, May 5th, 6th to 8th, I believe, um, is when they're in Miami, obviously they're going to be in Miami earlier during that week, but it's just as ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I don't know. We'll I have to see what happens though. And I just don't think it'll impact anything. I think this is just like people that are not happy who are like, okay, we're going to create a bit of a mess.
1: Right. And like, they don't have this law really on their side. I would, I would think like, it's not going to go in their favor having it be so undefined in a way. Like if it was a defined, like this is the limit and you've exceeded it, then yes. Yes. They have much easier grounds I would say to stand on, but Unless there is another law that we just haven't been told about via the article. I don't know. My stance on the information given. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. I agree with the judge kind of like, why are you doing this three, or four?
0: Yeah, I am with you. I just think it's, but also like filing a lawsuit is expensive. So I'm curious to know like who actually filed it. Uh, it's like notorious, right? Civil cases, any filing, anything, having to work with any lawyer is expensive. So I think, What I think is that um, whoever is putting this lawsuit forward to the lawyer um, likely is not on retainer, but is hoping that there is a bit of a payout, has Mm -hmm. probably multiple residents filing, so the payout grows uh, so that they can get paid. But who knows? This is interesting. This turns out, yes. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, whatever. We're trying to head to Miami. And for me, I just want to see some nice weather. You know, uh. <laughs> it's actually insane though, Caitlin, that they're going to be in Imola next week, mm-hmm. and then two weeks after that, they're in Miami.
1: Yeah, it came. It's coming really soon.
0: So they're going from Europe to back to North America. Like, uh, well, we will talk about the environmental impact of that later. Um, <laughs> so the next sort of group of headlines I found uh, are all just centered on one family one team one ex-driver formula one but the headline reads russian f1 driver the man we shall not name still now has 114 million dollar property seized in italy (laughs) so this is from espn but the article stated that italy has seized properties owned by the former russian formula one driver the one we talked about and his oligarch father the operation targeted a villa known as Rocky Ram, located in the north of the in the north of the island of Sardinia, and it is part of a broader effort, of course, uh, aimed at penalizing wealthy Russians linked to Vladimir Putin with the invasion of Ukraine. So, we actually looked up what this <laughs> looks yeah. like. So, we eleven out of ten recommend you Google uh, Rocky Ram Sardinia, and you'll see photos. It is a compound.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's honestly what I would picture like a hotel with a huge pool in the back, but it's owned by one person and it's a house. <laughs> in this case, it's crazy.
0: It is absolutely insane. Insane. It's so insane. And the only reason I bring this up is because 140 million dollars? Like who has 140 million dollars?
1: The spread of wealth in this world is ridiculous. Um I said in the last recording that I was said it's on Sardinia in a way because Sardinia is the place I really want to go because it's yeah. kind of untouched. Um, it's not as popular as a lot of Italian tourist place. Um, and it's like actually great for cycling, I guess, in Sardinia. So I really wanted to see it, and I'm like, oh, it's almost painted. <laughs> no, in my opinion.
0: Uh. No, I agree. I think it's oh, it's just so gross. So much money, so much opulence. Uh, like I said, if you look up the house, you'll see like the ginormous pools, the the roof which, that has we say,
1: <laughs> and we hold it to it, that we think it looks like high school musical 2 uh pool. <laughs> well, not, You won't be able to unsee it once you hear this.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's look up the photos so you can see that. Um, there's also like turf on the roof, so you can practice your golf swings uh or something like that. So I don't know these, it's just, it's just insane. Uh, but for for those who don't know, I just, the seizing means that the government kind of owns it sort of, um, they're just holding on to the property, but we don't really know what will happen. Uh, it just, I think it just really depends on what actually ends up happening in Ukraine and Russia, but they just can't use it. They can't go to it. They can't sell it, which is the big thing is you can't liquidate assets, which is also very important right now uh so we'll see what ends up happening but why I want to bring this up uh one is because it's a meme it is so funny that this happened to him while he was like on tv being like it's cancel culture like all these russian do you remember what he was trying to build he was trying to build a foundation to like help these russian athletes which I understand there's a lot of people who have done stuff in russia completely off of merit and I think that there's a conversation to be had about like does it make sense to punish people like that but this is a billionaire son (laughs) is very
1: much in the circle with vladimir putin
0: exactly
1: (laughs) so it's just it's the irony of him talking about being canceled
0: um and then gets a property this large seized and to us at least it feels like a drop in the bucket um but why i wanted to bring it up is because euro cali his dad's company is demanding that Haas, uh, refunds a $13 million, uh, sponsorship that they gave. And for (laughs) those who don't know, um, this is directly from ESPN, but in March, you Kerley put out a statement that said, as most of the sponsorship funding for the 2022 season has already been transferred to Haas and given to, and given that the, Team terminated the sponsorship agreement before the first race of the season. Haas has thus failed to perform its obligations to Ural Cali for this year's season. According to Motorsport, however, Haas is refusing to refund any money it has received. Um, the report quotes a letter from Haas to the uh, Russian company that cites a clause in the sponsorship agreement stating Ural Cali could not injure bring into dispute, ridicule, or lessen the public reputation, goodwill of favorable image of Haas. And uh, this article also talks about just what legal scholars and case law shows. And it's that the party which terminates the agreement for breach of the other party is under no obligation to return to such party. What has already been received under the agreement. So, the claim of Ural Cali to obtain the repayment of the downpaid amount of 13 million is therefore ungrounded and rejected.
1: I mean, so to be honest, I took my engineering ethics exam 12 days oh, ago. Yeah, and, and like a lot of it is about law, contract law, um, and we get into a bit of common law. Um, and so I wonder if, like, because the clause says, like, they cannot lessen the public reputation goodwill or favorable image of Haas and like being associated with this company would definitely lessen that public reputation so I fully agree with that point yeah and I also think like they can almost call in like force majeure in a way yeah because it's like this is unprecedented times yep 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 yep, yep. and so but if they get to follow the case law path anyways and it's in their favor Maybe that's their first course of action, then go force major. I don't know how they're going to handle it. But question to you, Shani, is do you think Haas is going to have to repay that in the end? No, um, because typically
0: when... So this the key language here, I think, is the fact that the contract was breached, right? Like the issue here is that the contract was breached with Euro doing whatever they did. And like you said, it might be a reputational thing. There might be more things behind the scenes that we don't know that was in that contract. Mm-hmm. But after it's been breached, you never have to pay people back I've never seen that happen where after a contract's been breached lawfully then you you have to pay someone back the thing is though where I could see something happening is if somehow your old Callie is able to be like there are issues with the actual contract then it becomes like even more muddy on whether someone would get paid back or not and what the actual what was actually breached you know but
1: um true, true. and is it also a breach that they um dropped your alkali before the first race of the season was that also something in the contract no. that seems like it was also something in the contract so is that considered a breach too they both breach <laughs>
0: Did they both breach caitlin and i not lawyers um <laughs> <laughs> throw us an lsat though yeah throw us an lsat we'll write it for sure no you're right i i don't know it, it just seems like if after you know you have a house that's worth hundred and fourteen million dollars get seized, why the hell do you care about a thirteen million dollar investment sponsorship whatever?
1: Truly, this is a very good point, <laughs> Jen. Because what does it come down to? We think, um, like they they pr- like. Your has burned bridge with pretty much all of FIA at this point. Um, they've definitely burned that bridge with us. Um, would they ever? Crack? ever want to come back i don't know uh
0: we know that like he will never end up in another team and i i think that from at least of the teams that exist on the grid right now right like obviously things can change you know racing point turned into aston martin whatever but i think that his behavior especially what we've seen through like drive to survive and stuff like, who would ever want to make a deal with that? And also, I guess they're dealing with, like, reputational damage, right? Because Ural Cali, you know, right before the season starts, this huge thing happens. The CEO president is linked to Vladimir Putin, who's this horrible, horrible person. Neither one of them have come out and really said anything against Vladimir Putin. Like... How do you even come back from this at all? I think is like a big question.
1: <laughs> no, I think the only reason they're going after this thirteen million is because they want to stick it to Haas because they feel like embarrassed being kicked out by them, right? And like he's probably mad um, that his son lost his seat, even though we do think he's never going to get a seat back in F one. Mm-hmm. Um, for truthfully, he doesn't deserve to be in there. He was not the top twenty five <laughs> in the world. He wasn't. He might like. He said he did well enough too. I never actually looked up his history, but if he did, he might be what top hundred driver. Okay, he had to be top twenty. You really deserve that seat, sir.
0: Yeah, and he's dangerous, and we know this. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was trying to think like now that we're talking about this, like could he go? Because we see a lot of the Formula One drivers, you know, because there's only twenty seats, they go into other motorsports, and could he do it without having to pay his way through it but i think that the issue is that reputational damage like he and also just like morally yep. he is still tied to his father he is still tied to his father's company even if his father was like in the u.s trying to like get a team or sponsor something for indycar
1: like that would never happen anymore like okay. i i do <laughs> think we'll bridge this burn with fia in general and FIA should cover those other motorsports right or at least like some other series. Some oh, series, yeah. Um, yeah, no. no, no. I think yeah. <laughs> them making such a big fuss out of this and like fighting for scraps doesn't position them any better.
0: No, I completely agree. If I were them, I would have done it with some sort of grace. And then also it's just like, I would just not have met with Vladimir Putin. Like, I don't think <laughs> you're a billionaire. Um, I understand with everyday people, you know, if you have to say certain things, you know, a lot of Russian athletes are, have like not said anything. And I get that your family's back in Russia. You want to protect them. I totally get it. But to like a billionaire who's very well protected could easily move his assets out of the country. Like, no, no
1: sympathy, no sympathy whatsoever you for you. Know so- that Even if he did something like that, it's to cover his own ass, but he's been meeting with Vladimir Putin. He's in the circle. Yeah.
0: But- he's in those photos. So sorry it's just i think the reputation reputational damage is done uh my question for you caitlin is do you think this is the last time we'll hear about or hear from your old kelly and the
1: oligarch's son <laughs> honestly no um they're fighting for 30 million which is scraps for them let me clarify yeah. but it's not scraps for haas which is i think like yeah, right? Like cost needs that. and sir, so you kind of don't. assuming you have your billions in banks, probably in Russia you still have access to, right? Like you don't need that, but it's all about making a point, I think, at this point. <laughs> um yeah, it's not the last we'll hear them. They'll still bring up weird clauses and weird rules, and then people are still gonna be like, no, exactly.
0: Exactly, it's just like if we're gonna constantly hear about these people, and my request to all the media is just to not give it airtime because not entertain it exactly. It's funny right now because it is funny, but it's also like these people are actually like bad people, and you know, let's just not waste the energy. Uh, the next headline is okay, kind of funny. Um, <laughs> that's the only reason why I brought it up, but it's this. 528 horsepower Aston Martin it's too slow and it's from this site called Jalopic Jallopic? something it's just like a blogger who reports on motorsport but this is all tied to the last race um, and so for for the season so far they've had Mercedes vehicles be the safety car and the Mercedes vehicle has 700 plus horsepower Um, but this race, they had the Aston Martin come out and, uh, this is the setup a little bit and why there were some issues. The 528 horsepower twin turbocharged V8 sports car has much less grip and much less power than the Mercedes it stood for. Um, and the Aston is said to be around five seconds per lap slower than the Mercedes counterpart during the last race when the safety car was deployed for Sebastian Vettel's solar crash. Oh, my God. Can we, like, forget about that? I hate that 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 happened (laughs) on lap 23. Many of the drivers swapped on two hard compound tires, which we did see. And that tire, we know, throughout the race, was just very, very difficult for drivers to get heat into. And under safety cars, it was near impossible to build up temperature. And I didn't see this. Like, I think this must have been two journalists afterwards. But Max said... (laughs) There's a little grip. Also, the safety car was driving so slowly. It was like a turtle. Unbelievable (laughs) to drive 140 on the back straight. There was not a damaged car. So I don't understand why we have to drive so slowly. We have to investigate. And then Charles was a little bit kinder. He said, to be honest, I wanted to complain. But then I checked how much the safety car was sliding in the corner, and I don't think there was anything more that he could uh, give, so I didn't want to put too much pressure.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I heard that they were complaining I was so slow. Some people were making jokes out of it, but I wonder. Like, um, I also okay. So you mentioned this. Um, it's said to be five seconds per lap slower than the AMG counterpart. Um, Charles and George were in a conference wow. together and they were joking about this and it came up that like um you need to put a Ferrari to be five seconds faster than the Mercedes and and it was just like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. That was a good one. That was a good one from Charlotte. And George is like, we'll see.
0: We'll see. That's what I thought was funny too, because I'm like, oh, you mean the Mercedes was actually faster? Like we had a Mercedes that was faster in this race series so far. I actually don't know if they'll bring out the Aston Martin. I, what I thought was funny, though, is that Formula One came out and they were like, basically kind of like slapping the wrists of the boys being like, safety cars are there for a reason, which is to slow things down and to make sure people are driving safely. We're not going to replace the car. Um, so it was a bit of a slap on the wrist of the guys, but I just thought it was so
1: funny. But also, let's consider is Aston Martin at the bottom of the championship right now. They don't have a point. They're oh at the bottom, God. right? So it's kind of funny that, like, that's the safety car right now.
0: Right. And it's the only one that was leading the uh, the Grand Prix for a little bit there. <laughs> the only Aston Martin to do so, which we can say about the Mercedes, too. There were Cheers. two races with the Mercedes leading. Really? <laughs> it's just not the cars that they want. Uh, yeah, I think what's interesting, and the reason why I pulled this article, though, is that this is something I didn't even consider. Um, with them swapping into the hard tires and yes, we know how hard it is to get heat into it, but I didn't think that the safety car was the problem. I just thought like, okay, the drivers are just complaining about stuff that they normally complain about, but if you're losing five seconds per lap, um, because this car is driving so slowly into quote max, it was like a turtle. Um, obviously let's put that like with an asterisk, their idea of speed is very, very different than most (laughs) people. Uh, I see how that could be a giant issue, especially if you're restarting, right? Like safety car goes in and then you have to restart. Mm-hmm. How are you and I mean, at this point it was Max and Charles supposed to like actually be competitive, I guess, at that
1: start. I don't know. I do think it's an issue, but if Charles is saying like it was sliding already in the corners, then don't push the safety car out to a dangerous situation. So yeah, do you just need a different safety car is the thing?
0: Oh, God, and that will be a blow to Aston Martin that maybe they don't need right now.
1: But things progress. Things things progress.
0: progress. <laughs> maybe they'll work on the Aston Martin safety car just as they work on their own cars. Right. Maybe. Um, the last headline is something fun, which is Brad Pitt's Formula One movie, everything we know so far um, from movieweb.com. I read the article. There was actually not that much that they knew that far <laughs> so far. Uh, but the, the, I guess the big things are is that he's producing and starring in the future Apple movie um, and he's a big motorsports guy. So he's like voiced a documentary on GP, on MotoGP. Um, he's been at Le Mans, like actually to see the race and stuff. So he likes motorsports and we don't know anything so there was some conversation in the article about like Lewis being tied to the film but it wasn't clear if he's like he's not going to be an actor obviously but is it just like a production credit is he going to be on set to make sure they're doing things in the right way kind of like how um what was that movie that you and I watched that's about James is it James Hunt yeah that's Rush yeah I think Nikki Lada was on set for that to make sure everything was like proper so maybe Lewis is doing that but I have some questions for you because we get to basically dream build our dream movie. Um right. what do you want the plot to be? Who do you want the actors to be? Um, is there like an era of Formula One you want it to cover?
1: Do you want it to just like not even be historical? I know. I to be honest, I don't I think that it would be best if it was historical and it revolved around certain events. I wonder if like I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I I truly think last year's season is movie worthy. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if they go back to like I don't even know, like a Schumacher versus someone kind of style or mm-hmm. I don't know. I it wouldn't I, I think it should be based on actual events that happened. Um, I wonder oh, if it's someone's rise through, if it's another rivalry would be fun. I have to I don't know. I'm excited regardless. I have no idea what I want to see, but I want it to be good.
0: What about you? I would love to see I mean there have been some documentaries I think on him, but like Aaron Senna and his obviously like wild career, but more so like his impact on Brazil. And I know if I had half a brain right now, I'd pick like a, a Brazilian actor, but I can't think of anyone. Um but when I think about people I just want to see in movies right now, um mm-hmm it's rob stark right
1: who <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um
0: i would also love like henry cavill but i think he's like kind of he's i'm not sorry bad,
1: like, driver.
0: yeah he's too big like he's actually physically too big also i can't believe i'm saying this and i'm so sorry to him if i ever meet him one day um i think he's kind of boring oh shanika <laughs> shanika I, I don't know what it is I just don't think he's been in like the best roles that show his range which I think is like that's okay. yeah that's like a nicer way of putting it I guess oh my god I'm so sorry Henry um but yeah he's not built like one a Tom Holland Tom Holland Tom is Holland. built like know. one like yeah. he's like the right size to be in a Formula One car Brad May-
1: oh. you know they could do that I would be a oh, fan of, it doesn't have to be historical action, but they could <laughs> be fantasy, like, a different world kind of thing. A okay. Female, a female lead coming in yeah. to F1. I would be all for that. I would and be. bringing bring in, like, fucking, like, talk about Tom Holland. Zendaya. She's my favorite ever. <laughs> bring Zendaya in.
0: <laughs> yeah, bring Zendaya, like, a Lupita Nyong'o. I feel like a Jennifer Lawrence is in a movie like this, typically... I don't know what the plot would be either. So if they don't go historical, I'm just like, what would you... Right? Like, what could you do? And if Brad Pitt's starring in it too, I'm like, who could he play? Like, obviously, you know, there are prosthetics and ways to change how you look. But he's still, like, a tall, blonde man. And the only person that's like...
1: He'd be, like, a paddock person. Like, he wouldn't be a driver, I don't think.
0: Yeah. Maybe, yeah, you're right. Or maybe, like, a team principal they could cover
1: do you think it'll be like a formula and maybe it would be like rise of a team rise of the mercedes or something
0: i don't know i don't know like the stories i want to hear like i want to hear about ferrari and the schumacher era i want to see erenton santa in a different way we love obviously the like claire williams so Mm -hmm. is there like something that could be done about her and her family and the work that frank's done in the sport um, I don't know. I don't know what this is going to be. I Yeah, I would say this was like a very annoying article because it was just like... No information. Yeah, no
1: information. <laughs> you know when it's going to be out?
0: Uh, let's see. I'm going to pull up the article again. So Apple TV is doing it, which means, of course, it'll be online. We talked about Brad Pitt um, voicing a few things. Okay, so I think this is kind of interesting. Um, Whatever this idea is, looks like it was hot and popular, obviously because of Netflix and the Formula One rise that's happening in North America, but Apple, Paramount Pictures, Universal Pictures, Disney, Netflix, MGM, Sony Entertainment, and Amazon were all trying to gain rights to produce the film. And it was Apple that ended up coming out on top. Oh, here we go. Brad Pitt will be playing a racer who comes out of retirement to mentor a young driver and take his final stab at glory on track as the younger driver's teammate oh so okay <laughs> <laughs> so, I was wrong
1: going to be a driver okay
0: it's uh yeah it's going to be a team that's going at it okay a retired driver who returns to the sport Are they going to take inspo from like Fernando Alonso? (laughs) Right? (laughs) I don't know. That's interesting. That's so funny. Brad Pitt is now older than any Formula One driver who has ever gone full throttle on the grid. I'm like, it's a little
1: ageist. It's true, but it's a little ageist.
0: It's true. Okay, okay. Okay, so we have a bit more in detail. Sorry to mm, Movie web that I didn't just gloss <laughs> over everything that you wrote about. Um, let's see what else we got. The uh, I guess like the cost between 100 and 130 million to 140 million.
1: Okay, substantial, isn't it? Like, yeah, a big they're Ooh.
0: expecting something that's in the vein of Ron Howard's Rush.
1: Uh, okay or Ford versus Ferrari. I like both of them, so they're good. Oh, that's exciting.
0: I know, but I'm kind of disappointed because I wanted them to go historical, but none of there's like no story of anyone like coming back and really having a title push, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah that's disappointing
1: um Schumacher came back and partnered with Nico but I don't think he was ever in a title push
0: yeah that's what I'm like and even Alonzo being back he's definitely not I mean he
1: could maybe we will have to see I am excited to see this though this will be fun does it say when it'll come out
0: no it doesn't have a date tied to it okay yes Um, But it will be on Apple TV. So we'll just have to get Apple TV. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: But this brings me to the last thing of today, which is we have Imola coming up. Mm -hmm, mm Do you have any predictions on what's going to happen?
1: I think it would be kind of funny. And I just... um in a very bad way like if Georgie and Valtteri get into another kerfuffle I hope there's no serious injuries or anything but like it would just be like a tradition Valtteri with his coffee cup traditions (laughs) (laughs) but George of course being in the better car will do will likely end up higher than Valtteri if they both finish um Charles probably first again um Red Bull hot topic if they'll finish I don't know it's a wild guess Right? Oh, you think they won't finish. They haven't. Max has two out of three, Deanna, so like, you would hope they get it together for the fourth race. No guarantees, though. Yeah, um, you're not wrong. <laughs> and then um, McLaren won't do as well as they did last time. Carlos will push. He might get third. Carlos just feels like he's getting third place. That's my gut. feeling. I think Carlos will get third. <laughs>
0: I hope yeah. there's, honestly, I hope Ferrari does, like, a one-two. Just yeah. because it's, like, the Tafosi in Imola, in Italy. Like, just the energy, I think, would be insane. Yeah. Which is, like, not good for our Instagram feed because it's just, like, a lot of just, it's turning <laughs> into just, like, Ferrari. <laughs> there's more Ferrari. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I hope that the Mercedes is faster, though.
1: Yep. Too like starting to push um i don't know what they are though
0: yeah i don't know either uh you talked about the aston martin earlier on this episode do you think they'll end up in the points
1: no No, i don't
0: oh my god devastating
1: (laughs) i think seb and lance are not a p19 p20 they should not be in last of the constructors but coming in 11 12 13 doesn't get you points so that's where I think they'll land. And again, Esther Martin stays at the bottom. Devastating.
0: Oh, that's so heartbreaking.
1: <laughs> Alex Alwan, I hope, surprises us again. That yeah, was fun. That was really fun to watch. I think that
0: uh, whatever blind strategy that they did, just continue doing that because it worked. Um,
1: I wonder, actually, because I didn't look this up, but he was saying, like, it's the C2 compound that works yeah. super well with the Williams. So if there's a C2 involved in Imola, then yeah, maybe C2. we do see Alex do really well again. They just run with the C2s through qualifying. And to <laughs> yeah. a possibility for the track. Just don't count Alex out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I oh, I don't know. I'm just excited to have another race back again get to watch it
1: to and i finally get i got charla clerk on my team for grid rival this week so Charles, make a four for four do you
0: okay. okay i had to uh we talked about this in the last episode but i basically had to rebuild my entire team you put everyone for three man <laughs> i know a mistake was made i'm not saying it was the right thing Ugh. i'm saying it was a thing um so my current lineup is like I think it's fine
1: it's just not great you know what I mean yeah no yeah. but you know what there's still 20 races left true
0: true um but yeah I have both Alfa Romeo drivers on my team right now
1: not not awful to be honest Guan Yu is performing man yeah, he and has done you know, like, Valtory. Is he good again? I'm like, he's kind of driving okay.
0: Yeah, the only issue is, is like, he has really bad luck, right? Didn't he like didn't finish or something a race this season so far? I really can't remember,
1: but I mean to be honest, I don't think he has good luck.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like he has like general. really bad luck, which is a problem because <laughs> I have him on my team. Um, yeah, anyways, so We'll keep you updated on our uh, (laughs) grid rival situation. Um, But on my work one, I am in the lead. Oh, good work, Jen. That's good. Good That one worked out well. Um, (laughs) But friends, this was the second recording of this episode. Thank God we made it through. follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at GetCheckered on everything um send us your dms let us know what you like what you don't like uh should we give a shout out to the woman who sent us a message from saskatoon was yeah, it? yeah yeah jamie thank you for listening we really appreciate it uh, <laughs> but yes yeah, send us emails send us dms we respond to everything and until next week everyone uh stay checkered yeah and we'll talk to you after Imola. sounds good
1: Hi, bye. bye everyone.